Hey everybody, Strangely here. I just wanted to let you all know that I have a Kickstarter going on until November 27th at 11.59pm. I am going to the Arctic in a sailing ship, a tall ship with three masts. It's, it's, it's wild. I, I, I got this amazing artist residency and I'm going to get to go to the Arctic and play accordion there. Uh, if you like things with me in them, uh, you should support my Kickstarter. Uh, Sarah is unfortunately not going to be coming to the Arctic with me, but Sarah is actually the editor of the tiny zines that I'm giving away to people who back my Kickstarter. So check it out. If you go to kickstarter.com, you can search for Arctic Accordion. That's pretty easy to remember. Or you can check the link in my Instagram bio at I am strangely or the Pilot House Podcast Instagram bio should have a link in there too. And I'll try to put a link in the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for uh, listening and I hope you have a great day. <laughs> there, that's under a minute. Ha <laughs> ha. Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. Welcome, friends, to a very special catch-up episode. How is this very special? How is it different from most catch-up episodes? I don't know. I just said that. I mean, it's so spe- it's spe- it is special in and of the fact that Sarah <laughs> called me and was like, do we want to record a catch-up episode for that? Like, how soon are you for finishing the season? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe, like, give me a couple months. And then, like, three days later, I called Sarah and I'm like, I'm coming to Seattle. We're recording a catch-up. <laughs> we need to talk. Yeah. So, uh, we are talking about the first season of Lucifer. Mm-hmm. If you didn't listen to our pilot discussion uh, of Lucifer, you should go back and listen to that earlier uh, this season. Oh, episode 50. Normally, yeah. I have to go episode blank and then I drop in... <laughs> something but i know because it was episode 50 we picked it because we were like we have to do a good show for episode 50 to give it that honor but yeah we uh i blazed through it pretty quickly yeah and then uh hassled strangely for a few months to catch up to get on my level yeah and you know what i just had to put a card in my trello and uh my personal kanban just opened up my my wow uh, wow this is what happens. I, I excuse me. Are they paying uh, for that uh, name drop? No, no, they should. I'm a, I'm a big Trello hound. But th- this is what I get. The our friends in LA uh, that I stay with when I'm down there. Uh, one of them is an agile coach. So like her whole job is that she like trains people how to use all of these like oh. personal productivity workflow space whatever. And oh, so I know like, all the buzzwords. She's an agile coach, and yeah. I'm like like gymnastics or no <laughs> no i know i yeah. uh, tragically i know about the business term we, agi- we, we do <laughs> we do live in such a like post revenge of the nerds like in in the the cultural sense world where like when coders work on writing computer code they call it a sprint and they have like <laughs> agile modalities and like it's like it's all like sports terms like let's have a scrum but it's like a bunch of programmers standing around talking about how they're gonna like write code it's like the, the everybody ge- just yeah. still wishes that they were the quarterback yeah that, exactly to? anyway speaking of lucifer <laughs> oh that's the show we're talking about yeah today. yes we are talking about lucifer so season one of lucifer um strangely did you like it oh are, are we just gonna say right up at the top i, I don't know i we don't really have a format for yeah ketchups i Oh, I guess the the surprise thing is, are we going to pick it up for season two? Uh, and that's at the end. That's what we reveal at the end. 
We can be. We don't really have a, a structure. It's always oh. different. Well, I, I, I think that's our big reveal. Yeah, that's the teaser. Okay. To answer your question, Sarah. Yes. Thank you. I enjoyed watching it. I can't quite say that I liked it for reasons that we'll get into when we talk about it. But like, it's definitely a show that I very much am going to enjoy talking about. Mm-hmm. And definitely a lot of, it's a fun show. It's very, very fun. Uh, but it committed like one of my ultimate cardinal sins oh, of no. cinematic storytelling. It's not, it's not a huge thing, but it's like, you know how there are things that it's just like, this is very much a me thing and I just can't handle it. So we'll, no, get, we'll I, get to that. Yeah, no, I I mean, I'm not going to lie. I wanted to answer the, I guess I wanted to ask the question, did you like it? Because when I made my notes for this catch up, I realized that I had a lot of things that I wanted to like take to task <laughs> or really like hash out with you. Like, did you read this this way or whatever? Then I was like, no, I liked it though. Overall, yeah. I'm really stoked about this show, but I had some very significant issues that I wanted to at least point out. Yeah. And this gets to like sort of a larger thing that I've been thinking about. And it's something that I've been writing about on my podcast, Strangely and Friends. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, Cause I've, I've been reading the uh, Robert Jordan wheel of time books and I compare them to Domino's Pizza. Like, they're fine. They're reliably fine. Yeah. I enjoy them while I'm reading them. And yeah. I, I have a good time with them. But like... They're only $5.99. Yeah. Well, you have to buy three of them at a time. Yeah, 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 yeah. As long as you buy three of the Wheel of Time books at once, they throw in a brownie. Right, right. Exactly. Domino's, please sponsor us. Uh, but, but, you know, I feel like so often anybody who talks about pop culture in any way like movie critics or podcasters or whatever we we have this like urge to want to talk about things as if they are superlative right like this is a transcendent film that like changed the way i look at movies or this is the worst film ever and everyone involved in making it should be arrested like and to say that this was that lucifer was like fine and i enjoyed watching it like sounds like i'm damning it with faint praise but like genuinely i had a really good time with it and it's something i I will recommend to people a bit with these reservations about like i'm sorry he's not blonde and the show knows he's not blonde and had (laughs) there's a lot there's that line where he goes to the satanist house there's a line he goes to the satanist house and he's like hello i'm the devil and the guy goes aren't you supposed to be blonde and i was like they know me they know I, I'm here I know I thought like that line is just for the comics fans that it doesn't that line there's no subtle like there's no second meaning there yeah literally for people it's like the Lucifer comics exist like th- that that specific comic book yeah. exists in this universe yeah and that guy happens to be a fan I do love in that episode where he's giving he's like giving this big speech and someone's like this guy's way better than our last Lucifer yeah like a like he's a birthday party clown. For- uh huh. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh. my god. It was uh, that honestly that episode. Um, this is the one where they uh, there's a um death that seems to be like satanic or something, yeah. and then there's like the satanic cult, and I was a little bit going like, I guess we had to have this episode. Almost every crime show has the satanic cult episode. Uh, the fact that Lucifer was going to have one seemed inevitable, and then it's like, oh no, they're nerds. Yeah. They're completely useless. And the, the head guy is like, doesn't even care anymore. He's like, I, I really cared when I got involved, but now it's just kind of a job. 
it's like right. a- amazing. Like when they when they have the like guy with the crazy like demon head, yeah. and then he starts walking in the room, and then he bumps his horns on the the, the doorway. Oh my god! I was like, thank you. Thank yeah, the music's you. all like scary, and it's like like kind of the the prop is good enough that I'm like, oh, this is a little weird, and then it's like, and I was yeah. like, God, oh. Yeah, like they, yeah, they didn't make the 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 head look super crappy yeah. to tip your hand too yeah. soon. I remember I did think like when they first when they start with like people in robes and a beautiful girl in a white gown or whatever. I was like, something about this seems like, what are they doing here? Yeah. And I was like, oh okay, okay, it's gonna be like ritualistic or whatever. It's yeah. not. It's not. She's not actually dying. They're acting it out, but they're not actually. That episode, is that the one hashtag Team Lucifer or is that... Yeah, it's the same episode. It's like with most shows. You remember the main gimmick yeah. of an episode, but any of the like overarching plot stuff, you don't remember which episode it, it coincides yeah. with, which case it goes with most of the time. And this is something that the show does really well, where each of the individual episodes I felt like had a really strong flavor and a character of its own and a lot of great guest stars and... Like at one point when I was watching it, I texted you, ah, ha, 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 this auctioneer is killing me. And I was like, auctioneer? Because I immediately was like, I was imagining that kind of auctioneer. And I'm like, I don't remember a scene with an auctioneer. But yeah, the guy who's selling has the wings. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like minutes later, I remembered. Yeah. And the, like there's like fun guest characters and everything, but there's still enough of the ongoing mythology woven in, but it doesn't, like take over the plot it's like x-files is the is the worst offender for this where there's an ongoing mythology that's supposedly happening all the time but what happens is it takes over the plot once every five episodes Mm. and then there are other episodes that just don't quote-unquote matter yeah and so they treat all of their like kate half their cases are just kind of disposable which in some ways is great because you can writers can rise up and try things and they'll let people do whatever yeah but uh, you have a little room yeah the show has room to like if they need to rearrange episodes they've got floating episodes i think they call them yeah yeah someone told me that there's like at the end of the network show Mm -hmm. uh they had one like floating episode that they'd never they've been saving for a week when like something had to be pulled or something like that if suddenly there was a story in the news that was traumatic and it related to an episode that sort of thing they had one they were kind of keeping in their back pocket and then the show ended and they were like, we've got this extra episode. And Netflix is like, mm, we're going to go a very different direction with the R show, though. So they just kind of put it out there. <laughs> so it's like a warning for people watching it. Right. There's going to be an episode that seems like. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like it it, it, it seems to have happened earlier yeah. than the timeline. Anyway. But but the, the, in terms of how it presents, at least across this first season, I feel like by the end of the first season, a lot of my, except for one, a lot of my big questions about what's going on and what's up with this are kind of answered and addressed. And then at the same time, I feel like each individual episode, it's so rare with any like quote unquote bingeable show nowadays that I can remember individual episodes with like guest character arcs Mm -hmm. or at all. And there were quite a few in this. And that's I, that's something I want to celebrate. Yeah. 
But uh, speaking of celebrating, we're celebrating Lucifer. Yeah, I had meant to start the episode with a suggestion. Right, and, and now I, we're, we're, just, we're just off to the races. <laughs> Ten minutes in. But yeah, I wanted to suggest that we start our catch-up mm-hmm. with an address uh, of what we were right about and what we were wrong about in our like predictions in our pilot episode. And we were right and wrong about a few things. Uh, one of the things that we were right about was that the season one cliffhanger would be, quote-unquote, heaven business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was. Uh, I called that Lucifer's involvement in official cases would be an issue for, like, one second exactly, and then they'd hand wave it away. Right. They'd be like, so they could just work together and, like, nailed it. Uh, <laughs> but, like, one pretty big thing and one very small thing. Uh, things were wrong about... It's not something we specifically said that was wrong exactly, um, and I didn't completely re-listen to our pilot episode, so I might be missing something we said. Fair but enough. One of the things we were kind of wrong about is we didn't predict, at least we didn't say out loud, and I knew it wasn't even a thought in my mind, that this Palmetto Street case they mentioned would end up being a big part of the plot. Oh, which yeah. Which is hilarious, because looking back now, they were really leaning on like mentioning it. And I just read it as, this is backstory. backstory. Yeah. Yeah. It never occurred to me that this was an unresolved case that she was actually... Now, looking back, that seems insane. Because her whole character is, can't give up this whole thing, even though it's alienating her from the rest of of her cop buddies. For some reason, I just it didn't even occur to me. Also, I heard it as Paul Meadow Street. I thought it was a person. Yeah. And I love that name. And I'm like, I've made a note of it. And someday I'm going to write a short story that has a character named Palmetto Street. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it ended it, up being huge, but not the not the finale, not the cliffhanger. But the way that pilot is written, her being a former sexy actress, or her being an actress who had a sexy scene, yeah. is much more set up as something that's going to be like more of a thing. And it's dropped. Like after the... I, it like, comes up once or twice. Yeah. But like, it's not... <laughs> Honestly, the episode where Trixie, she's worried about Trixie finding out about it. And Trixie's like, I have the internet, Mom. Yeah. That and was she's the... like, finds out that not only does her daughter know about this movie, which she thought she didn't even know, she has, in fact, watched it. <laughs> and I love that they have that little conversation where she's like, well, what did you think? And she's like, yeah, it was kind of boring, but I like the scene where you eat a bunch of cake and throw up on a boy. <laughs> Doesn't even comment on the, yeah. the topless scene. Well, that's the thing is like what kids get out of stuff is just like, it's yeah. totally different. And then they're goofing at each other and blah, on each yeah. other. It was, just, it was like, yep, that is classic kid stuff right there. But in terms of what is, how that pilot is structured and kind of what seems like it's going to be more of a deal. Yeah. That, in, like if you had asked me based on that pilot, what is going to kind of define a lot of this you have him, he's this like sexy, like libertine, whatever. And then she's kind of buttoned down, even though culturally you could set it up that whenever people see her, they think sexy because she was, she had this sexy part in a film. Yeah. And you could have set him up that like he wants to be sexy, but people aren't into him. That's like a cool dynamic where the one, you know, the one who's like going for all the sex and flirty or whatever. It's, yeah. it's the, it's the dynamic of the, um, the Tumblr, the the ace, the ace character. Arrow and, the, and ace. Arrow and ace. It's yeah. the arrow and ace. This is dynamic. a classic Tumblr post yeah. where yeah. someone said, "I want a TV show called Arrow, A R R O W, and Ace, A C E. That's like about two friends who are aromantic and asexual. Uh, and then the 
the asexual one is like super super flirty but like that doesn't actually like want like flirty and anything. cuddly and just like yeah, affectionate but doesn't actually yeah. want a re- relationship to any or, or, no 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 yeah, yeah. And, the, and then and then the arrow person yeah. is like super shy super shy and awkward but like would like to bone yeah uh, <laughs> but it's like it's that you could have you could have established a dynamic like that where Which, she, yeah. she people see her and they think sexy person and they yeah. see him and they're like I don't know who some is this guy man. and I, then yeah. and then he's like hello and then they're like oh okay yeah you but it's just like it, it doesn't really for how much attention it gets in the pilot it really doesn't have any big story effect unlike the Paul Meadow Street case <laughs> yes yeah. But um, yeah, then those are the main those are the main uh, uh, the things things we were right about and kind well, of things we were wrong about. I don't remember if you were arguing something else with me, but there was something that because we watched a couple episodes together after yeah. we, we like recorded and then just like sat down and watched like four episodes. Oh yeah, later. yeah, we watched we watched up till episode five just the weekend yeah. that Stranger was down here to record some episodes of the podcast, and then. And we we got to at least the point where it's establishing that establishes that he's vulnerable, that he can be harmed. Mm-hmm. And I remember calling that it was a proximity thing to specifically um, Detective Lady. Yeah, I was whole. Uh, I I was in the camp that it was going to be she's the only one who can harm him. Yeah, because. There's something about her. She's right. completely impervious, not just more resistant to, but completely impervious to his charms. Yeah. And, and, and his mojo. But yeah, it's, it's, that was actually something that drove me absolutely bonkers because he immediately goes, wow, I guess I'm just like full on mortal now. And I'm like, wait, you're not even going to like test it? Like, see, is it her? Is it? Was it something about that specific event? Was it is it a proximity thing? I was like, come on, the pie maker knew. He tested things. He yeah. figured out some of the some of the terms of this weird, you know, situation. Like that's a pushing daisies reference. If you haven't watched that show, he does all these tests, and maybe that's why my brain was like, why aren't you testing it? But it's just weird that he just instantly assumes, well, I must be fully mortal now. And then I was like, okay, when are they going to address that it's probably not that? Because that seems crazy. And then the show went on for it for so long. I finally went, okay, I guess this show just wants him to be fully mortal now. And they just handled the reveal of it in a weird way. Okay. And I sat down to accept that. And that's the moment they finally went, or is he? And I'm like, don't do this to me, damn show. Don't mess with my head like this. And it, I mean, on the one hand, I like that. I actually like the ambiguity that we kind of played in that zone for a while because it led to the like Amendiel trying to like manipulate dude to kill him oh, and like. Deal. Um, I'm just saying. Okay. His name's Amenadiel. That's funny too because I, I said Amendiel in the first episode yeah. when we recorded the pilot episode. I kept not being able to remember how his name was said. I mean. I guess the reason I'm like, are you fucking seriously? Would you? But like, thank you. But the reason I reacted that way is because like this show can't even decide like between Maze and Mazikeen. Oh, I had so that I'm in like, my notes. Why are you correcting my pronunciation of a, <laughs> a nerm when like the show can't? They, no, no. It's and the, that's the thing is at least they weren't inconsistent. Like they didn't pronounce her name differently. Right. Like from time to time, they wouldn't say Mazikeen and Mazikeen and Maz and Maze, but. 
why would someone whose name was Mazikeen, why would people call her Maze? They would call her Maz. It's so confusing. Yeah. It's uh, and in the first episode they only call her Maze. And I remember we talked about it I think in yeah. in the pilot that you were like you kept calling her Maz and I'm like didn't they call her Maze? And you're like, "Oh, well, you know, in the comic it's abbreviated to M A Z so I, you know, Maz." And yeah. I was like, "Fair enough. They must have decided in the show that it's going to be pronounced Mazikeen." But nope, it's Mazikeen. They just I get it if you think Maze is a better nickname. Fine. That's that's an acceptable thing to decide for your television program. Yeah. But yeah, that's totally fine. Pronounce her full name Mazakine. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, the super hot angel is like, oh, Lucifer's mortal. I'll manipulate the this guy yeah. that I've brought back from the dead. Into Stevie Strangely, definitely Woodside. Yeah. D- yeah. That guy. <laughs> that guy. Uh, there was... A, I agree with you that there was a little bit too much ambiguity and then they kind of like were like the the reveal was a little bit off. Mm-hmm. And I wonder now hearing that this show like had floating episodes, I wonder if like the sort of the middle five of this had sort of a floating episode kind of like there, there were mm-hmm. like four or five episodes in the mid season on this that were like these could go anywhere. Oh, yeah. Basically, until... Wait, how many episodes are there between the pilot and Malcolm becoming a going concern? Because uh, kind of as soon as Malcolm is back, you're on yeah. like a, a track. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Malcolm is back was episode seven or eight. Malcolm's so it's a, back. All right. So, yeah, I want to say like episode eight or... Around episode eight was when that happened. So that makes sense that they would have like the first eight and then they have like the back five, like after Christmas or whenever. Uh-huh. Um, and that probably kicked off because it really picked up the pace. I just remembered something that is so hilarious in retrospect, because at the point that Malcolm, when Malcolm like wakes up uh-huh. from his like, they are, they they just unplugged. They've just pulled the proverbial and, and yeah. literal plug. And then he like comes back to life. Um, at that point, we still didn't know what happened at the, at the Palmetto Street gym. We still Mm -hmm. don't know. We still didn't know. Uh, all we had seen of Malcolm was that flashback of, uh, Chloe's. Yeah. And I still thought it was a possibility that he was like undercover or something. Uh And when he, cause she says he heard me and then he, he, he acted like he heard me, but then he looked away and I was like, oh, he heard her. I was like, oh shit, someone else is here. I have to protect them. And that's what, what ended up getting him killed or something like that. And like, there's his wife comes to Chloe and is like, you know, why, how dare you drag my husband's memory through the dirt and everything. So we've never seen Malcolm and I'm, and then when like, he's brought back, I was like, oh, Amenadil did a nice thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't. No. No. Not nice. Not nice at all. Anyway, uh, I had that little moment of ignorance. <laughs> so, Blissful so, ignorance. Since we're in this area, shall we Shall we? St- shall we transition into the second part of, of our, yeah. our catch-up? Which is going character by character. Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it because I've got a lot of things I want to talk about. And I think that works. Most of them are tied specifically to one character or the other. Yeah. So... Uh, who, who do you, um, who do you want to talk about first, strangely? Let's talk about the devil in the room. 
since he is <laughs> the title character. I have an item in my notes labeled the elephant in the room. So we'll talk about that later. The elephant in the room. Uh, uh, the Lucifan in the room. Oh, uh, good lord. Almost? Okay. Let's talk about it. What do, you, what do you got? What do you got? Lucifer Morningstar. Is that a stage name? God given, I'm afraid. Um... Oh, I almost feel like he's the character I have the least to say about. Um, okay, because that's I'm in the same place. Yeah, not not to say I don't like him. Yeah, uh, a lot of things I have to say about other characters aren't positive <laughs> uh, necessarily, or their their complaints, if not about the character, about how the writing handled the character or something like that. But yeah, Lucifer <clears throat> is I I I like the arc that he goes on mm-hmm. for the most part. Takes a few wrong turns in my opinion, but I like where we end up. And it feels like a journey. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that at the, he kind of has this, like, hero turn in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And he, like, he willingly walks into bullets for um, Trixie and I just can't remember. Chloe. 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 I almost called her Claire. Claire. Like, weird. What? That's not her name. Uh, the, but, like, the hero turn felt very earned in the context yeah. of having watched the season. Not just, like, we like him and he's a hero because we've spent 13 episodes with him. Yeah. Like, he has had moments of realization. He's had moments of reflection. Yeah. He's had some some long, dark tea times of the soul. Like, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's earned. Yeah. But I don't really have a lot to say about him because he... A, he's a type of character that I, I don't really enjoy it, uh, it in terms of story function. You don't like a Chaos Widget? No, I don't like the Chaos Widget. I'm not a fan of the Chaos Widget. How We have talked extensively about the concept of Chaos Widget, and someone that never came out that you don't like them. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I so, thought we had talked quite extensively. Clearly, we need to do a scuttlebutt about We should do a Chaos Widget chaos scu- scuttlebutt. Yeah. But I, and this is also part part of it. A isn't Chaos it? Widget scuttlebutt. Uh, apologies to anyone who's listening to this before any other episode of our podcast. Thinking, what are these two weirdos talking about? Then again, if you got this far in, I yeah. mean, you're one of us. So, uh, I mean, Part of it is an ongoing evolution for me and my personality and the kinds of media I enjoy. But... There's a type of character, you know, where it's just like, let's just throw this at in there and plot will happen when he does anything. Yeah. And part of it is like, it can very often, and it does often on Lucifer, kind of stray into this kind of gross, swaggering, like male privilege kind of feeling thing that I just, I'm not as into as mm-hmm. I might have used to have been um, Doctor Who. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. I should drink some water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like when he's chaos widgeting around, like when all of a sudden he's like practically having sex with like a nurse while they're visiting a hospital or something. I'm just kind of like, the, like the thing at the farmer's market with the strawberry and the, he's like, oh yeah. Oh, he's having this moment. And then someone's like, are you done? And he's like, I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah. There are like, there's a few feet away as a dead body and. He's, yeah, he's not as interesting to me when he's doing all of that kind of stuff. And I, I think it's because the, sh- the the arc of the character in the show is that a lot of that behavior is what he thinks is expected of him. And he's sort of living up to this other narrative that someone else established for him. And it's the times where he consciously fights the narrative and wants to be something else. Yeah. And he's interesting. Yeah. So. I actually had something I wanted to bring up, and I wasn't sure where it was going to fall in the episode, but I actually feel like it really works as long as we're kind of talking about Chaos Widgets. Yeah. Which is, um, my sister, who's a big fan of the show, has observed a particular 
uh, genre, subgenre, if you like, uh-huh. um, into which a surprising number of shows fall, which is um, no-nonsense lady detective has to deal with a chaos widget partner, uh, into which this show, Castle, and uh, uh, Rounds and Steel all fall into, oh. and I'm sure there's more. But uh, I pointed out that Bones is almost a reversal of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Bones is less of a chaos widget, but it's like, you know, there's other there's some other similarities there. But we talked about that, and I, we realized there are actually a startling number of similarities between this show and Castle. Did you ever watch Castle? No. Okay, so... I'm, I'm familiar with the basic... Yeah, no nonsense lady cop, yeah. and suddenly whimsical ball of fuckery happens to her life. Um, he's rich... He's handsome. He's flirty. Uh, he finagles his way into her investigations. Um, the show is named after him. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, one of the members of the, the main team in both shows is a single parent with a precocious daughter and a wacky actress mother. Like, literally, Castle in, in Castle has yeah. a precocious daughter, single parent, precocious daughter, wacky actress mother. Like, the mom on Castle is more a part of the show, the grandma, but, like, it's like, hmm, okay, that's weird. Also, Kate Beckett is the cop on Castle, and Chloe Decker. <laughs> like, wow. what was in the water? Did we, th- maybe everybody went to, like, some writer's retreat workshop and, like, so funny. I, t- the, the, the two show, run- the two respective showrunners of these shows, yeah. like, went to, like, a hypnotism show at the same time. Something. And- <laughs> I don't know. There's They both went to the same shitty improv show and like <laughs> that's like the collection of things that got improv and they're like, I could make that a show. And one of one of them goes like, Oh yeah, I, I was asked to come up with a premise for optioning that Lucifer series. Yeah. Or that Lucifer comic into a TV show. It could be it could be a procedural with a no nonsense lady cop. Anyway, it's it's weird uh that that level of of similarity uh, then again i've noticed that with other shows in the past where it's like a weird number of like shared specific pinpoints yeah um but anyway that's that's a fun genre so speaking of the tough no-nonsense lady cop yeah uh let's let's, let's talk go. about chloe yeah, let's, th- let's talk about chloe you got some balls on you pal oh thank you very much but they're really quite average my bad uh chloe I wish she had a, more of a personality and more of a consistent story arc, in, yeah. in my opinion. She's a little too audience avatar. And she, <sighs> Yeah, and she has the same problem that I have with everybody who works at the fucking Daily Planet in the Supermans. It's, it's like, you're all like Pulitzer Prize winning journalists and she's apparently a pretty good detective because yeah. even even with her disgrace yeah. thing with the Paul Meadow Street Hampton Southside uh, thing, she's still got a job. She's still solving cases. They mm-hmm. call her when and murder happens. Yeah. Like, how does she not pick up on his whole thing faster? Well, and also, she starts to do it. She starts to go... I mean, because first of all, he does not hold back. Yeah. Part of his character is that he he never hides what he is. He doesn't lie. We, but he shows his yeah. power in ways that it's like, are we are we doing a, like, 
people will ignore whatever they don't understand approach to sci-fi fantasy stuff happening yeah. like where we just assume most people just don't notice like there's a scene of her watching security footage of him force pushing a guy through a plate glass window yeah she's like watching it frame by frame and then she's googling hypnotism and she's like she's she acts like freaked out like what is happening here she's yeah. she is processing it and then it i don't remember exactly but like they kind of just it goes away they Doesn't just she have like some that. sort of injury or something and then she like wakes up she doesn't she get like hospitalized briefly and she's hospitalized in the first episode when oh. she gets then that's not it yeah you're right it's the first episode yeah but yeah but i think we're both circling around the same point that it's like she's underserved as a character because it makes her dumb yeah and at some that point she's not picking up on what's going on with all yeah. this supernatural nonsense and at some point I, I she's she like has a conversation with lucifer oh when when he finally realizes that she, it's proximity to her that makes yeah. him mortal um she says this thing about like she's this whole speech about how close they've become and how she can be vulnerable around him, which is not earned, in my opinion, at all. Yeah. It's like they just needed her to say the phrase, I can be vulnerable around you. Yeah. Because behind his back, he has just drawn a penknife through his palm to test it. And he goes, apparently, the feeling of mutual or something. It's like I... they just needed that to drive that home, which felt dumb, in my opinion, because I already knew it was a proximity thing. Yeah. It seemed obvious to me. And her thing about I could be vulnerable around you didn't feel earned but in terms of their relationship. I mean, it didn't feel totally unearned to me, but it, I watched the back five, like, basically in a day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two days. Um, and there was the whole thing where, like, she came over and, like, tried to sleep with him when she got super drunk. Mm -hmm. And he turned her down. And then he kind of he fun with her about it the next morning. But he was actually, like... He teased her about it a lot, but I didn't feel like he was cruel to her about it, about the fact that like they didn't no. sleep. That yeah, and I I think that did sort of build into the I can be vulnerable around you because she did that, and he wasn't, he didn't like. I don't want to use the word punish because that's not the right, but you know like he could have been so shitty to her about that. Yeah. In his I'm trying to sleep with you thing, but it changed him. That experience changed him, and he yeah. went down this whole different path of like I'm a good guy now and. And then even when he came back to being more devilish again, <laughs> yeah, it he's like, I've just given this homeless man everything, including the clothes I'm wearing, and I'm I'm not getting that high that I got the one time that I didn't uh, that I turned turned you down yeah. when you were drunk. Yeah. Um, do I need to do something more good to get that high again? Yeah. <laughs> I love uh, that bit for his character yeah. is great. Going like, ooh, oh, it felt really good. I, I did something good and it felt good. Yeah. I gotta, how do I chase this high yeah. rather than just being good is a good thing? Yeah. That is that is a pretty great uh, Lucifer moment. But that w it's so good. Yeah. But that was a bit of vulnerability, yeah. I think. But True. in terms of... Of talking about it like it's been this season long arc that this is her big moment. Yeah. Because that's like, that's how it's shot. That's how the, it's scored. That's how she performs it. Yeah. And it's like, uh... I, I, I felt like the show was telling us something about their relationship that had not, had not been sufficiently shown up to that point. And this is the thing where like, this is why shows need the quiet moments. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. if there had been 
just a few scenes over the season where they're like riding in the car and he's like you should come to my party thing and she's like i can't i have i have trixie tonight and he's like oh well i could pay for a sitter for you or so, like it just like a little bit more of like that kind of like or she's like oh, i'm having this really hard time with the ex-husband or what like while they're just driving in the car mm-hmm. like on the way to a case but they don't really have those like, yeah and, and, and it's so, that's why these like little character beats are so important because when you do have the big, big moment where it's like, I, I can't be without you or whatever. It, it's like, it's not just because they've been around each other. Yeah. They have yeah. to, there it's has to be It's just because more. this is where the show wants to be. Yeah. It's, we've, we've seen them develop a relationship. Yeah. Um, I, I do wish that Chloe just got more, just more, more more character more. development more depth yeah well i think that's a perfect segue into the next character i want to talk about a little bit oh really? because someone that i was not expecting to have any depth like got developed out like from like he we didn't just get a new hairstyle in episode two. Oh, okay so yeah that's right i'm going there yeah let's talk about and I feel bad I don't remember his name. I just want to call him Detective Douche. Yeah. Detective Espinosa. I didn't know you had the stones. No more Detective Douche? Well, not today at least. I love that Lucifer calls him Detective Douche, like, throughout yeah. the entire show, but not in the pilot where we were calling him Detective Dick Dad. Yeah. We started calling him Detective Dick like, right in our first conversation, yeah. like, it's like we knew it was coming. Because Detective Douche isn't as funny when you're not saying it with, when you're not Tom Ellis saying, really emphasizing yeah. the ooh. Douche. But yeah, um, that is a really good point. I would like to hear your thoughts about Dan. <laughs> I have some questions, but. <clears throat> I have some, I, I have questions as well, but other than the therapist, I think he's one Dr. of... Dr. Linda. Dr. Linda. I think he's one of the most, like, three-dimensional characters. Interesting. Like, they don't always pull it off, but, like, he is enough of a, like, basic human decency person to not be a, a piece of shit when he has to work a case with Chloe. He seems to be really holding up his end of, of things with Trixie. Like, you know, there's, like, a lot of things that could be, like, weird drama happening. Mm-hmm. But it's, like... He seems to be, like, just a decent person. And, like, the fact that Lucifer can't fucking stand him is really fun. Yeah. Because, like, he's coded like someone we should all hate. Like, we should all root for Lucifer and we should hate this dude. Yeah. But he doesn't really do any... He's not a bad... He's not bad. He's maybe a little bit of a douche. And then... And then... Yeah, it, I mean, one of the best scenes for Dan's character overall is when Lucifer tries to put the whammy on him and he goes, oh, you're one of the complex ones. I would not have called that. Yeah. And he puts the whammy harder and then he he, yeah, yeah. he, he gets him. But he's like, oh, I have to exert effort yeah. with you? Did not see that coming. That I like that moment. Because like yeah. they don't they don't bring up that the complex, pe- complex people are harder for him yeah. to manipulate thing. They don't bring it up that often. So when they brought it up there, it actually had a lot of weight. Yeah. But yeah, then there's the, what I had labeled as the elephant in the room, uh, in my notes. Um, I would like to ask you a question, Yeah. which is at what point in the show did you understand that Dan was the one who had shot Malcolm? Uh, 
when him and Malcolm are having their parked cars in the middle of the street to chat conversation. Okay. And he's like, why didn't you tell everyone I shot you? Oh, no, he did not say that. Did he? He says that in that conversation. Okay, here's the thing. I don't know if I had like a a very brief stroke while I was watching that scene (laughs) or what. But I, 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 and and I apologize to the listeners because I had every intention of going back and rewatching that scene before we did this catch up. And then it happened so quickly. I I forgot I was going to do that. The planning, it all came together in a whirl. I was hassling strangely for months to watch the rest of the show. And then suddenly in the span of a few days, he's like, hey, uh, I'm coming down in two days and we're doing this. So I forgot to go back and rewatch that scene. But when I watched that scene, the way I read it was that Malcolm was saying, I could make it look like you were the one who shot me. Or potentially Malcolm believed he was the one. And Dan's like, no, I didn't. And Malcolm's like, well, it sure would look that way if I told, I could tell everyone you did. And now you have to do everything that I say because I could convince people that you shot me and it would be believable. And then it would, it would be harmful to your, you know, albeit estranged wife and your child. So now you have to do everything I say. And I was like, okay, cool. I get it. I get it. We'll find out who really shot him at some point. And then there's that scene where, like, way later is the first time Dan says to Chloe, like, when he admits to Chloe, like, okay, I actually was the one who shot Malcolm. But the way it's delivered is not like it's a reveal, because apparently it wasn't. Yeah. But I was like, what is happening? I don't... And admittedly, I told my sister about this, and she was like, uh, no, it's pretty clear from that conversation that he really did shoot him. But if that's true, I have other questions. Now... You could argue, even though they don't go into great detail in the show, unless I also missed that, that he might have not meant to kill Malcolm. He might have been just trying to wound him to, yeah. so he couldn't hurt Chloe. What about the other two guys in the room? Did he accidentally murder them? What and, about Tony? Who yeah. killed Tony? And I kept expecting them to this, reveal that. This is absolutely the kind of thing where we needed a... We needed a flashback with clear geography. Because it's like, was he like peeking up from under the floor? Yeah, yeah. They don't show us a flashback to actually show us how it happened. And so there was always this part of my brain that's like, is, did he really do it? Is he just saying that for some weird, is this part of this game that Malcolm is playing with him? And then it also like, it's a fun reveal in the, in the moment of when I was like, oh shit, it was him. But the thing is, it colors his character, his entire character that he's basically been gaslighting Chloe about the fact that he was there? Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that part. Yeah, so not only has he been gaslighting Chloe this whole time, yeah, to think that there was nothing in this case when he knows very well there was, he has committed at least three murders, possibly more, and we're supposed, still supposed to like this character? That's what I just couldn't wrap my brain around. And I think what they're going for is that, like, what happened in that moment, he did it to protect Chloe. Because he says at yeah. some point, he's like, no. I, prote- I was protecting you. I, 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 but the, there's no clear geography in the scene. Yeah. The only flashback to that scene we get is, like, her making the weird eye contact with Malcolm for yeah. a second. Yeah. And then he shows up wearing the troubled man uniform of the show when yeah. he shows up at her house. 
Have you noticed that the show, if there's like a conflicted gray area male character, they're wearing uh, a hoodie underneath a denim jacket? That's how like you know like a man I, is like in a troubled place in this show. I didn't notice that. Like I made a note of it, like because it was like <laughs> like six people are dressed that way. Is Malcolm's when one Malcolm of them. comes to Chloe's house for the first time, yeah, and he seems vaguely threatening, but not entirely, and you're still not sure how to read him. Yeah, like the the scene is written like he could he could be a good guy who's not sure if she's dirty. Yeah, yeah, and I was like into it. I was like, yeah. okay, cool. We still don't know if this guy's actually dirty or not. Yeah. and from that scene, it's really hard to read. But it would make sense if the reason it was so hard to read is because he thought she was maybe dirty. Yep, yep. Maybe she shot him. He's wearing the uniform, uh, the chef's son, who's like a reformed drug addict. Oh, uh-huh. Wearing the uniform. Amazing. The, I did uh, not notice that. The like young Haitian man who's like suspected of murdering the charity fundraiser guy, but then it turns out it was a fundraiser guy's oh. wife. Wearing the uniform. Mm-hmm. They're all just wearing the uniform. I was like half expecting when Trixie r- runs away and gets an Uber and goes and, and meets... Uh, it's my favorite scene of the season. She goes and meets Maze. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Maze is I like, I was like half expecting her to have that on as she comes in <laughs> and not her princess dress anymore. A little like, mini denim jacket yeah. over the princess dress. Yeah. Yeah, that is, oh, that is, I, I'm amazed I didn't <laughs> notice that, but I'm so delighted that you brought it to my attention. But yeah, that, the, the questions that I have about that, you make a very good point, and this is a specific angle yeah. on it that I hadn't noticed, that, yeah, if they could have just shown us a flashback that actually revealed what actually happened, that would have helped so much. But do who do you think killed Tony? Because I still don't understand if it was supposed to be Malcolm or Dan. I don't know. That's the thing. My read on it is that once one gun went off, guns were going off all over the place. No, 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 place. sorry. Tony is Malcolm's partner. Oh. He he commits suicide oh, yeah, yeah. No, by shooting Malcolm. himself Absolutely with a shotgun, Malcolm. which is notoriously difficult to do, and yeah. has a big screen TV behind him, which is still functional and not splattered with his brain. I mean, if he had had his shoe off, I would have believed that he could have done it. Right. But the TV. Yeah. That TV, I was like, oh, this is like cliche. They're going to know right away it's faked yeah. because of this TV. But- and then they're all going... Well, it looks that way. And I'm like, are you kidding? It absolutely does not look that way. It looks like a really hastily and clumsily yeah. staged suicide. That, that was absolutely Malcolm. Like, because staging, staging murders and de- whatever, like... But, but what, what was his motive to kill Tony? I don't know. It, the, I don't know his motive. That's problematic. We yeah. should know. We should. There are many things we should know. Yeah. I'm, I'm so upset because when he first showed up and he's like... Maybe you killed Tony. And Dan's like, I, I totally did not. It was a suicide. And I'm like, Dan, you're not that dumb. Or are you? Are you that dumb? Yeah. We're still not sure if you're that dumb. So if you're that dumb, it makes sense that Malcolm would suspect Dan, potentially. Because Malcolm, at that point, we also assume Malcolm's not dumb enough to uh, believe that very clumsily staged yeah. uh, suicide. So... What? I, I seriously, I went to my season one grave <laughs> expecting, waiting to find out who killed Tony. I yeah. kept thinking, any minute now, even when they revealed that Dan was the one who did the first rash of murders, I was like, um, okay, is that, <laughs> it, is that how really it, what? What's going on? And then realized I must have missed something. I talked to my, I think I talked to my sister and was like, how is, what was with that reveal? And she's like, 
um, remember the scene where their cars are in the street outside the bar where Tony died? And I'm like, huh? Anyway, so I I accepted that I had missed something there, but I was like, okay, we still don't know who killed Tony, right? Yeah. There are are like two or three reveals in that scene that are communicated through someone being like, who killed Tony? And then someone being like, these aren't the lines, but it's this type of writing where someone goes, who killed Tony? And the other person goes, who do you think? There's like a lot of like that kind of writing in that scene, which the oh, fact yeah. that like yeah. you came out of that scene being like, wait, what? Cause like I had to, I had to rewind and hear a couple lines more than once. Cause it was like everyone, they were both being weird and cagey. Yeah. It was an oddly written and oddly delivered scene. And I'm wondering if there were meant to be other reveals in that scene and they had to edit around them for time or because they went another way with the b- bigger plot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Anyway, yeah, let's move on to the fun ha- the fun side of the show. In my opinion, like, yeah, yeah, we've got uh, three characters, and uh, yeah, we've still got let's... some stuff to talk about. So, um, may we may we discuss Doctor Linda now, please? Yes, that's what I was saying. Let's move to the the three fun ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're the devil. <laughs> Correct. So, Doctor Linda is great. Doctor Linda, I I seriously didn't call from the pilot that that was them setting up her being a recurring character mm-hmm. as soon as i realized it in the second episode i was like oh perfect of course yeah of course i thought it was just a cute button on the end of the episode but as as a getting the gang together yeah. button it was great like him have him having someone to literally talk about his feelings with very useful um I have one complaint, but you you gush for a bit about about the character, how you felt about Doctor Linda. Uh, I think not? she's really hot. I'm really <laughs> into like her whole thing, all of it. Uh, I like not gonna lie, like went and googled like getting therapy because I was like, oh, I therapy seems cool, which is a dumb thing that I do when I think something seems cool. I'm like, I want to explore the thought of this. A little bit more. Also, she very not much... Not all therapists not are, all ther- are no, no, Dr. Linda, I, you understand? I'm not saying that I want to go sleep with a therapist, <laughs> but it's just like the conversations that they have and like the way her... The, the character's brain works. I'm like, that's an interesting brain. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by I'm interested in this. Not like yeah, I yeah. must go sleep with a therapist. <laughs> therapist date. Is there a, a therapy date? Like you can date therapist app like... There's apps for dating who would, everything. Who would possibly... Uh, what therapist would sign up to be on that site? Right, all but, of them. <laughs> Let's be real. But, uh, but she's great. She's super fun. Mm-hmm. The actress is just clearly having a fucking riot. Yeah, yeah. Um, her whole reaction to finding out that Amenadiel, like, abused her... Trust. Trust yeah. is great. She gets to be like, What? Your brother, like, how dare you? Like, she gets to be, you know, powerful in that scene, which I really appreciated. But I kept wondering as the show was going on, the other shoe's going to drop at some point. Like, I I, I kind of appreciated that they didn't address it right off the bat because I was like, we're kind of having fun with this whole thing of them sleeping together and then also talking... And and doing therapy stuff, even though it's it's wrong. Yeah. Just for the record, uh, in the immortal words of Tim Curry, you know that thing that doctors aren't supposed to do with their patients? Oh, yeah. Well, he did. Um, (laughs) But, like, yeah, this is bad, for the record. Yeah. 
But I was kind of enjoying the fun interplay. And sometimes they'd be like on her couch, folded out, yeah. like half naked, but talking about his yeah, yeah. stuff. I kind of appreciated this fun uh, interplay. I was like, we're having fun, but eventually they're going to have to deal with the very real issue of her sleeping with a yeah. client or with a patient. And then they don't deal with it. And then she all of a sudden talks to Chloe about it. Like the day she meets Chloe or something like. Yeah. Not the day. He he brought her. He brought yeah, Chloe to. She's met Chloe before. Yeah, yeah. But like they barely know each other. Yeah. She knows of Chloe as her her patient's coworker or whatever. Right. But like she's she's like, yes, I've been sleeping with him. I probably should stop. And that's all we get. And then they stop. But it's like, that's all the exploration, quote unquote, that we get of this issue. No, she says, yeah, I, d- yes, I've been sleep Because Chloe says, oh, I thought you were sleeping with him. She goes, oh, I am sleeping with him. Yeah. And she's like, is that allowed? And she goes, oh, no. Yeah. She acknowledges yeah. that it's a problem and that she should stop. But we don't get any, we don't really get into like, how does she feel about that? How does she... Because she flatly refuses to accept that he has any sort of mojo. And yet, his mojo made her compromise her but that, professional uh, ethics. Like, they never... I expected them to get into that, at least a little. My my read on this... I, it was a little bit of a fast kind of like... It's like, well, okay, we got to get out of here. We, we need to go. We need to stop. We yeah. need to teleport out of this zone for the character. Yeah. But I, I did really enjoy that she then set up that boundary, but then continued to, like, work with him and talk to him. And then, like, I don't remember when it happens when Maze comes in and is like, oh, do I have to sleep with you? And Linda's like, hmm. <laughs> like, she, she thinks, she, like, entertains the thought. But my read on it is that, Linda has been aware, Linda is aware of the mojo, but there's like a second level processing that's happening in her brain that she's like, it's not entirely mojo that gets her into bed because after she says, I want to stop and he kind of tries to mojo her and she's like, uh-uh. like yeah. she, there's some other because the way and this is entirely in her the actress's performance like this is and that's the problem this is one of those things it's like we need to know I yeah. would like a little more explanation My, the, the, the actor is doing everything she can but yeah. she can only do so much without being given dialogue where she actually gets to say Ex- the things yeah. yeah and it's like my read on it is that he hits her with the mojo she feels the mojo and then decides to give into it as opposed to it's just his mojo doing it to her, if that makes sense. I know it's a weird, like, it's not in the text. Yeah. It's entirely in her performance. I, but I, she does this, That she does, it's, it, the reason I feel co- confident, at least advancing this theory, yeah. is that she pr- does the same physicality every time the mojo is happening, where she, like, yeah. closes her eyes and turns her head slightly to the side and, like, inhales through her nose. Yeah. It's a very specific physicality where she's like, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm ignoring the mojo right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of understand what you're getting at, but I don't think for me that doesn't even, that doesn't answer the issues that I have about her not dealing with like, presumably I'd like to hope since I love Dr. Linda very much that she's not the kind of person who ever would have considered sleeping with a client. Prior to 
Lucifer's mojo happening to her. Yeah. And admittedly, they sleep together first. Well, he's also not an official patient. Like, patient I think that's, client. Yeah. I think that's probably why maybe she is goes into this gray area with yeah. him. Is because he just shows up and starts talking to her. And she's like in the middle of a session with someone else. And like... And, well, that's you know, after they... Right, but it's she like he's not batteries. he's not making appointments and like at least initially. Yeah. He's yeah. just this like whatever. I don't know. I Yeah, I I wanted none of, it, none of that answers the problem for me, but And this is this is the negative side of what I would say we're in the fun half of the show. Yeah. Is that everything about her whole thing with him is completely like what is the funnest possible version of this? Yeah. And then when we do need to address the 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 thing, we're just going to teleport out of there really quickly. Yeah. Like we've addressed it. Meh, 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 let's go. Yeah. Which and, it's it's just unfortunate to me because I, I enjoyed the fun of yeah. them and their relationship. But they, they set yeah. themselves up for needing to do with something very serious. And then they just kind of didn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I would rather they do it as ham-fistedly as they did and we still get to keep Dr. Linda yeah. than have them deal with it the way they should and probably lose Dr. Linda. So I'd rather keep Dr. Linda on the show. But. I have a feeling and a hope that, because I know she's in many more episodes mm-hmm. in future seasons, that she grows and develops away from the initial, admittedly very Tom Capino's <laughs> introduction. Mm-hmm. And she becomes something else. Uh, speaking of someone becoming something else. <laughs> obviously, we're saving the best for last. So let's talk about Maze, who I do oh, love. We, we we do have two more characters to talk yeah, about. Yeah, and obviously, we're saving the best for last. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were saying, <laughs> we'll save the best for last, Maze. And I was no, like, wait, no, what? No, 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 no. No, okay, yes. What do you want? I need to see your books. Without any foreplay? Maze is the one that I have the the hardest time putting aside my comic book baggage with mm, mm-hmm. because, you know, we got a little glimpse of her comic book face in one scene where she was doing some, some spooky stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just, I really, part of her whole character is that she can't walk around like a normal person. And so her whole, like, in the comics. Mm-hmm. So her whole, because in the show, she has a very similar character arc. She she's you know kind of pining for lucifer and she wants to help him or you know be his secondhand person yeah. but also there's some romance in there like all this stuff and she gets annoyed when he with the path he seems to be on she wants yeah. him to be true to his name all that it makes more sense that she's not happy on earth when she literally can't walk outside without wearing this weird phantom yeah. of the opera half face mask like that, yeah you know to do this whole like angry hunchback in the tower kind of thing when she's just like a hot looking lady who could go anywhere in LA. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was almost jarring when she starts hanging out with a men <laughs> on the DL. Uh, <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh. Check that off. <laughs> Amen on the DL. Uh, Strangely. But like, (laughs) it's almost jarring when she starts hanging out with him and they're just like having like regular dates and like doing their thing. Like, you know, she's clearly going out. Yeah. And she just like shows up with takeout from a a place. You know, like, Mm -hmm. it's like, that didn't quite fit. But 
all of my whatever with with Maze aside, the scene where Trixie comes in the bar mm-hmm. and they're t- like, <gasps> I just wrote uh, in my notes, I wrote, I love Trixie plus Maze, the number four ever. Like, I was just <laughs> like, I, just, yeah. I want that. I want more of that. My favorite Maze scenes are when she is unsure how to how to do human stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you make a good point. They kind of undermine those scenes by having her be fairly human sometimes yeah. as well. Yeah, I think if she had something else kind of marking her as, as different, we're given the understanding from the very beginning that she's not... She's just not as down with this whole Earth pretending to be thing. humans on Earth thing as Lucifer is. We know that from the beginning. But yeah, I can definitely see, especially if you're used to the character, having a physical, obvious, visible reason why they can't like, like leave. But yeah, uh, my, some of my favorite moments are yeah when she knocks out Dan and then leaves him in Chloe's bed naked. And he's like, why did you do that? And she's like, did it work? Did you guys have sex? Yeah. And he's like, no. And she's like, why not? I put you in her bed naked. You guys previously have d- What's the freaking problem here? Yeah. The only thing that undermined that whole scene, that whole like th- bit, was that we had never seen Chloe's bed before. And we we didn't know that she apparently doesn't have a bedroom in this house. It's apparently a very small house. Yeah. And so she just like sleeps on the couch. So when you see him, he's clearly on a fold out couch, which we've never seen before. And then later he says, he has to say the line, you left me naked in my ex-wife's bed. And I'm like, oh, that was Chloe's bed? Weird. <laughs> okay, apparently that she doesn't have a bedroom. You think she, she would use her mom's bedroom since her mom is there exactly once yeah. in the months that this season covers. A little bit sad the mom didn't show up a yeah. little bit more. Like, give me more Rebecca De Mornay. Oh. But... Again, that I'm sorry. I'm so I'm so on this like no, no. disfigured maze yeah. thing. But again, all of those kind of funny scenes. If she's this weird, freaky looking demon thing, yeah, the scene the, they play better. Yeah, yeah. Like like and and the the sweet ones too. Like Trixie showing up, a small child coming in, not being afraid of her, just being like, "Your mask is pretty" or something. Like a kid wouldn't care. Yeah. And it could that could like in terms of maze on a journey to humanity, that interaction would be super powerful to like encounter because if you're if you're in a bar and you're just hanging out with Lucifer, you're not meeting children. Yeah, yeah. So she meets a child, and it's like, oh, one of the the humans on Earth doesn't treat me weird, doesn't react weird. Yeah. It's not this, you know, whatever. It, there's just a, there's a lot of anyway I'm 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 head canoning the show I want instead of the show yeah. I got and I did enjoy the show I got yeah because are we ready yeah I'm sitting down look uh, I don't I uh, I I just want to warn our listeners uh, Sarah and I don't really have the kind of relationship where we talk about steamy stuff very often. <laughs> I mean, keep it, keep it PG-13. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best, (laughs) but we need to talk about. Amen on the DL. Amen on the DL. We're all full of surprises, it seems. I never expected my brother to change careers as he did, but I'm definitely beginning to see why. Yeah, um, I was really surprised that you weren't more uh, enswoonified by the episode where he appears in a three-piece suit. 
I was like, strangely, strangely, you saw the auction episode? What did you think of a Menadiel in a three-piece suit? And Strange is like, oh, I really don't like that cut of suit. And the fabric was all wrong. And I'm like, oh, my God. Beautiful man in beautiful suit. Focus on that. Don't talk I, to me about the lines. I, I'm sorry. Like, for me, it's all about that scene where Maze is about to kill him. She's got her, her demon knife. And yeah. he's got that tank top that, like body painted on tank top uh-huh Oof. you know here's a weird thing about amenadiel's arc if you like yeah he is very apart from the whole earth thing he yeah. finds lucifer living on earth distasteful when he comes down he only comes down for specific things he does the whole magic where he slows everything down so he doesn't yeah. have to actually interact with any of these humans he shows up in his his heavenly raiment and with his wings and everything, you know, it's like, this is, this is serious business. He is, I am, I am above and apart from all of this. And then it's like, the show goes like, well, he has to keep an eye on Malcolm while he's doing this whole bullshit while he's controlling Malcolm. So he just lives on earth now and he wears earthly clothes and he goes to restaurants and eats food. I had a hard time being like, he just lives on earth. He just flipped a switch and he's like, yeah, I'm fine with earth now. I would have. The show probably didn't really have time for it, but I kind of would have liked to see a little more of him going, okay, this Earth thing is actually kind of fun. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I want to live here, but like, you know, vacation. <clears throat> yeah, clearly at that point, the arc we were supposed to have inferred for him is that he had kind of warmed up to this whole Earth thing. Yeah. Like but the, there's no moments of that happening. Yeah. Especially the scene where Maz walks up to him, and he's in a restaurant, just eating, yeah. enjoying a meal with a glass of wine. And then she just walks in and it's like, so, I don't yeah. remember where their relationship was at that point, honestly. I think that's early in her yeah. kind of being like, what are you up to? But That's the that's just, right before they... Uh, oh, yeah. Then afterwards, they... They Titanic. Get, they, they Titanic in his car and his wings break the windows. Yeah. Um, honestly, yeah, that was... Um, that was just... Part of my brain was distracted by like, why is he eating... Does he need to eat food? I think... I thought we'd establish... Have we established that? Am I thinking of good omens? Like, like what is the situation? But yeah. even if he, even if he needs to, I don't know. I, like, what is he doing? What's happening with Amenadiel? We just went a real big switch got flipped. However, I did really love in the end, um, in that last episode, that she saved a feather from Lucifer's wings, which we saw. We got a little hint. We saw that she had the feather earlier, and then later she reveals that she saved it. Uh, for, in hopes that it somehow could bring Lucifer back to hell or something like that. And then she, oh, now I'm wishing I'd rewatched at least the last episode yeah. to refresh my memory. But she uses it to save Amenadiel, yeah. right? Meanwhile, oh, she, yes, yes, that's I. This is the thing that struck yeah. me. The 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 angel is hurt, and it takes a demon wielding one of Satan's. Wings. Wings yeah. to heal him. Yeah. Meanwhile, the devil is dying and he has to pray to God. Yeah. To it's get, really delightful. To get saved. Yeah. Heaven saves hell and hell saves heaven. Yeah. And I hope that it was intentional if it wasn't. Oh, absolutely. It's gotta be, right? Yeah. It uh, was, I was like, okay, nice, nice. I really enjoyed it. So this is my, my elephant in the room piece of writing thing that I was like, mm, okay. and this is like the last thing in my notes that I'm just like, gotta, gotta bring this yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as we wind this up. Uh, cause, uh, DB Woodside's really hot. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> no, is, we covered is that. This, this thing about the wings is that 
I'm so, I, I just like, I'm so annoyed because for the, the plot, the ongoing plot of Lucifer at some point, and I've, I've seen like gifts or um, giraffes or whatever you want to call them uh, of the show. Uh, I really thought you were saying you'd seen a gif of like Lucifer riding a giraffe. No, I was really like, I want what? that show. Really? But like, I I know. <laughs> I believe that it with the show. Anything could happen. In the comics, he he eventually has wings again at some point. Like it's important mm. for sort of his longer arc. Okay. And I I've, I've saw like a photograph of him with wings in a later season or something. Like the, their wings are gonna come back. Yeah. And. I don't think that's really a spoiler. Like, I mean, anybody could get anything back in a universe like this. Yeah, no, it's point. Marvel. I mean, yeah, yeah. anything it, could happen. Yeah. You also you also mentioned that like Snagglepuss appears in the original comic. Yeah, Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, weird. Uh, yeah, DC, 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 not Marvel. DC. Excuse me. Look, please don't at Sarah. Do not at me. I'm I'm an indie comics person. All of the all of the big the big. Comics. They're all Marvel. They all kind of seems yeah. the same to me. Marvel and DC, it's all big. Anyway. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ryan Adam Wells. I don't know if in... he listens to this. <laughs> anyway, in the auction episode, they they go to all this trouble to establish that a life-size, reasonable facsimile of Lucifer's wings have been made. Yeah. And then they do the whole scene on the beach... Where he just casually burns a set of wings. And I'm like, everything that you have told me about this character up to this point inclines me to believe that he is burning the fake wings to trick D.B. Woodside into thinking that he's burned his wings and he don't, he don't give a shit. Yeah, but you'd think that a Manadoo would be able to tell, right? Maybe, maybe not. I'm just like... That's, that's why I was kind of right. like... Wait, did he? Because I thought about it at the yeah. time. Did he burn his real wings or the fake wings? Surely, a man on the DL would be able to tell the difference. He's got big heaven mojo. Surely, he'd be able to sense it. Sure, maybe not. Maybe not in that moment. And then later, you know, Maze has the feather, and the, mm-hmm. but like from a writing standpoint, yeah, you're going to introduce the fake wings, and you've you pulled like a a switchy switch. Yeah, you need to. You need to close the loop on that because you've 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 got two of, of these giant awkward objects running around. Yeah. Yeah, do they address like he goes to the auctioneer's house and the auctioneer uh-huh. has them and is like they're so beautiful. And then Lucifer takes them back. Yeah. What wait, what happens to the fake wings though? Nothing. They're confiscated by the police or something. Okay, That's yeah. The yeah. Thing. But 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 I'm just guessing. They're still the fake wings are still at the auction location when the cops Presumably. show up. Presumably, yeah. We yeah. we have not oh. seen them like they yeah. haven't even left the stage, right? Are they still right. on the stage? They're still he's on like, the stage. Excuse me, those aren't even close. Yeah. What's wrong with you people? Yeah. But I, you know, maybe we're all thinking too much about this, and we should just stare at DB Woodside. I mean, and. Dr. Linda. Oh, I forgot the actress's name. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. That's a that's a that's a thing. They might they might be saving that for later though. Maybe. They might be saving that for a future season. You don't know. Yeah. And I was sitting there thinking like going, I have wa- I have wondered if that was going to be the reveal that like 
Maisie Keen has this amazing moment where she's like, I'm going to cure you with one of Lucifer's feathers. And then it's like, it's fake. And yeah. then it's like, what the <laughs> credits? But we didn't do that. Um, the, the one thing that still bothers me that I just need to just to get out there, even right. though we already talked about it, but I just want to point out that like all these things I've gone, though you know, he didn't do his parameters of Chloe's mojo on him and blah, blah, blah. And this and that and the other thing. And doctor patient relationships, all of that is the kind of stuff that I like to pick apart about any show that I like with my friend. The one thing that really, when I finished the season, made me go, I don't know if I want to watch more of the show, if that's true, is Dan killed three people and we're still supposed to like him. A cop murdered three people to defend his family or to save his family or something. Um... And we're just supposed to, is that supposed to be water under the bridge? And we're okay with that? Like we were saying with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, in a year that starts with a two. I'm not comfortable watching shows that make cops good guys. And then, especially in this one where then he, he gets away with murder. That's oh. definitely a thing I want addressed in season two. Yeah. Yeah, I, me too, at the, but at the same time, at the end of that season, I was so confused because I still was like, who, I still don't know who killed Tony. I still was like, I gotta go back and watch, watch that, rewatch that scene. Justice for Tony? <laughs> no, not particularly. Poor guy. What's his name? Um, the actor's name is like I- incredibly Irish and the character's name was incredibly Italian. And yeah. they're like, I don't know, he's some kind of cop ethnicity. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hire someone who's like a, you know, a cop ethnicity and then they, they, they've got their wires crossed. What's oh, that actor's name? He's in so much And he stuff. plays like so many cops. Like his IMDb, because we looked him up for the episode. That's it was right. Like, it was like six yeah. cops. It's, I'm not, I'm not going to Google what his yeah, name is. We, you can we, look him up. We're, we we're talked about him. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about him in the pilot episode. So I guess that brings us to our final verdict the show's on the bubble right now. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you going to pick up Lucifer for season two and potentially more? Oh, Where I, are you I'm, at? Yeah, I'm I'm prepared to at least. Yeah, I'm. I, it's funny because I went back and looked at the notes that I wrote when I finished watching yeah. the episode just this afternoon, and I saw where I wrote, "If Dan really killed a bunch of people, I don't know if I'm going to watch another season." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm still going to watch another season. I just really hope that they address that, and I'm not happy about it." But that's. Dan is one character in this show, and I'm still like, mm. I, I, they, they kind of made him likable towards the end in a lot of ways, where like he and Chloe almost get back together, and it's like, are we supposed to like him now? What's it? murder though? Multiple murders? Yes? No? Did he not? Am I? Anyway, I would like a lot of those answers about Dan to be kind of resolved or at least solidified. Yeah. I don't know what I'm looking for here, but. We yeah. need the canon version of what happened in that room. Yeah, but I, but I also feel like now that they've resolved the issue of Palmetto Street and Malcolm is bye-bye, they're not gonna, they might mention it in the, as something that happened in the past, but we're not gonna get any more, res, like, clarification. Somebody tweet at me. I bet, I bet, I bet I missed it. Maybe it's all there and we missed it. Because uh, maybe at Palmetto Street, maybe the, the other guys in the room were shot by Malcolm. Like he only shot Malcolm once and then Malcolm had like a gunfight with the dudes or something. I don't know. Maybe we're yeah. just missing that. Anyway. I hope so. 
amen, I'm on the DL. Yeah. <laughs> if if nothing else, D.V. Woodside would keep you coming back for more. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm more interested in watching season two than I was in continuing season one. Mm, okay. If that makes sense. Like, we watched some episodes, we were into it, but then, you know, obviously I didn't pick it, it up It took myself. you a while. Yeah. I was really surprised. I thought yeah. you were going to be very, like, you've been busy. Yeah. You've had a lot going on, but I still, you still watch stuff sometimes. And I was like, seriously, why are you watching Cheers? <laughs> we're not doing, Cheers, that's not for the podcast. How dare you watch a television show that's not for the podcast? Rude. Uh, yeah. But I, I want to watch more. Yeah. Yeah. So. Me too. Me too. I, I definitely want to watch more. And at least one big fan of the show has just breathed a sigh of relief. <laughs> well, uh, anything else? We just, uh, um, it, are, are we good? Uh, yeah, I do you, think. Do you um, have a favorite individual line from the whole season? Because I have one and I wrote it down. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I didn't write any down, unfortunately, and none are coming to mind. What's yours? Uh, it's, it's when Lucifer's talking about the Satanists and he refers to them as misguided cult knobheads with frisbees in their ears. <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. Thanks for listening to this glorious episode of Pilot House. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pilot House Pod. Visit our website, pilothousepodcast.com, or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future shows. Our podcast is entirely listener-supported, so thanks to our special guest stars, Cynthia, Tina, and Juniper. Visit patreon.com slash pilothouse to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a Herringbone Society production. Gosh, I wish I... I I feel like I should have a favorite line. I wish I'd... uh, I wasn't making notes as I was watching the episodes. You know, I was just watching them and enjoying them. I didn't make notes until I was done with the whole season, so sadly I... They didn't write me down, but there are some great lines in there. There's some great dialogue in that show to be enjoyed. Indeed. Indeed. And hopefully there's more to come. Yes. And on that note... I do yoga. Hot yoga.